Voters in Mississauga Lakeshore are heading to the polls today as conservative leader Pierre Polyev faces his first electoral test since becoming the conservative leader. This is a federal by-election in the greater Toronto area to replace the seat held by former Liberal MP Sven Spengemann, who announced his resignation earlier this year. As a result of activists trying to disrupt the by-election, there are 40 candidates on the ballot. Federal prosecutors have dropped all charges against a Freedom Convoy protester accused of interfering with the property of downtown Ottawa residents. Canada's back. The popular satirical news website The Babylon Bee is the latest international voice to pile on Canada over the Liberal government's vast expansion of assisted suicide policies after more reports of veterans being nonchalantly offered euthanasia by government workers have emerged. Hello Canada, it is Monday, December 12th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Andrew Lawton. And I'm Jasmine Moulton. And we've got you covered with the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev is facing his first electoral test today as party leader as voters in Mississauga Lakeshore vote to elect a new member of parliament. Ron Chinzer, a police officer, is the Tory candidate, while running for the Liberals is former Ontario Liberal Finance Minister Charles Souza. Activists protesting Justin Trudeau's broken promises on electoral reform have loaded up the ballot with 40 candidates, though, causing some headaches for the governing Liberals and probably for voters. Due to the large number of candidates, Elections Canada has actually had to adjust its traditional ballot design by using a two-column layout instead. Elections Canada estimates just over 9,000 people voted in the riding in the advance polls earlier this month. Polls are open for 12 hours today, closing at 8.30 p.m. Uh, Jasmine, by-elections tend to attract a lot of national attention, but do you think this is a make-or-break moment for Pierre Polyev, like some journalists are suggesting? Well, Andrew, this certainly will be an important moment to watch, given this is the first by-election to take place under his leadership. But we don't know what the results will be, but it's important to remember that this will be a competitive race. When you hear Toronto or Greater Toronto Area, as this obviously Mississauga Lakeshore is in the GTA, you might think liberal stronghold, the Conservatives don't have a chance. But I'd remind our listeners that this riding has a bit of a Conservative history, actually. Stella Ambler was the former Conservative member who, of course, lost her seat back in the 2015 liberal sweep of the riding. But the results were pretty close even in 2021. The Conservatives took 39% of the vote in that riding, while the Liberals won with 45. So it's not just a Liberal uh, riding to win. This could be a very competitive race. You take a little bit more of an optimistic view than I do for the Conservative fortune. Stella Ambler federally was the only Conservative to do it. But I think provincially, you raise an important point here, which is that the PCs just carried this. So there is still a, a block of votes voters there that would vote conservative but it seems like Pierre Polyev has tried to lower expectations on this by saying that yeah you know maybe it's it's a tough one we're going to try it doesn't even seem like the conservatives are, are talking about it as though they think they're going to win 
Well, that's probably good positioning for him as a bit of a something safe to fall back on. But as you mentioned, provincial politics, Andrew, it's important to note that the liberal candidate in this race is the former provincial finance minister in Ontario. And uh, Ontario's finances under his watch did not have did not perform very well. So it'll be interesting to see if voters remember that. But also when he held that exact riding when he was finance minister, he'll have made some inroads and connections there. So it'll be interesting to see if those help him out in this race too. Federal prosecutors have dropped all charges against a Freedom Convoy protester accused of interfering with the property of downtown Ottawa residents, among other violations. A press release by the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms explains that the charges were dropped against the individual, known in court documents only as JW, after the Crown agreed a provincial declaration of emergency to deal with the Windsor blockades didn't apply to this matter. The Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom cited a, quote, lack of evidence to show that the Freedom Convoy supporter actually violated the rights of Ottawa residents or that he failed to identify himself to law enforcement. This development comes as the Public Order Emergency Commission deliberates on whether Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's invocation of the Emergencies Act was justified under the provisions defined by law. A report with the Commission's findings is expected to be released in February 2023. Andrew, do you think that this latest development will have any effect on the Emergency Commission's conclusion on whether or not the act was justified? No, I, I think that the criminal proceedings are, are on a very separate track from the broader questions about the Emergencies Act. But I, I do think they raise important questions for Canadians, which is that if these charges are being dropped, were we really seeing this mass example of criminality and violence and all of these things? If, if the people that were charged are having those charges dropped, it seems to suggest that, yeah, maybe this wasn't the emergency that Justin Trudeau was telling people. But are these stories and are these truths emerging a little bit too little too late? Because at the time, Canadians were glued to their TVs watching story by story unfold. But are they still paying attention? Yes and no. I, I think that Canadians are paying attention when there's a story that comes up that reinvigorates it. And I think as far as the charges go, the big fish here are Chris Barber, Tamara Leach. I think what happens with those trials is going to really set the tone for how Canadians view this. Because if the, the so-called ringleaders of the protests find that their charges eventually get dropped or perhaps they go to trial and they emerge victorious, I think that will really challenge the government and I would also say that the mainstream media narrative in a pretty substantial way. That'll be an interesting development to watch Andrew. Now over to you on a story about Canada's medical assistance in dying bill. International voices continue to pile on Canada over the Liberal government's assisted suicide policies after yet another slew of reports of veterans being nonchalantly offered euthanasia by government workers. The latest criticism comes from a bit of an unlikely source, the popular satirical news website The Babylon Bee, the headline of a December 9th article. 
Canadian dentists now offering euthanasia as alternative to cavity filling. In the article, which, yes, is satire, the website quips about the, quote, growing demand for assisted suicide in Canada. Now, for context here, in August, reports revealed that an official with Veterans Affairs Canada was offering doctor-assisted suicide to a veteran who called looking for mental health services. Now, changes brought by the Liberals, which go into effect this year, will allow those who have only a mental illness, not a a physical terminal illness, to seek a so-called reprieve by opting for doctor-assisted suicide. During a Senate testimony recently, veteran and Paralympian Christine Gauthier uh, explained that she was also offered by Veterans Affairs Canada assisted suicide when she wanted help installing a chairlift in her home due to her disability. Now, I don't think the Babylon Bee is the place we go to generally for serious Canadian news, but do you think it's a sign that uh, this is getting much bigger, the criticism here, than the Liberals anticipated? Absolutely, Andrew. And I think also an interesting fact to note here is the level of international media attention that this is getting. And this isn't the only story that's garnered international media attention for the Prime Minister. Of course, it's not uncommon to see commentators from Australia, the UK, of course, often from the United States, criticizing our Prime Minister in a way that you're just not accustomed to seeing the media, the legacy media here in Canada do. Now, obviously, there's been more pressure on the Justice Minister, David Lametti, to delay that implementation date, which is coming in March. So far, he's been non-committal. Do you think that this pressure will keep up until then? I certainly hope so, Andrew, because this would make Canada home to one of the broadest laws of these types in the world. And it's certainly been raising a lot of concerns for the vulnerable here. So this will be a close one to watch. That's it for today. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.